Blessed Sunday morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Welcome those who are listening to New Life Horizon Church, a place like no other, that we pray that the Lord will bless your ears to listen to the word as he help us with his spirit, with his guidance, with his love, to be representatives of him at this time in this season that we are here because we realize that life is short. So thank you for joining us and let me begin and pray and bless the time. Father, we thank you again for this wonderful time, this day that you have given us like no other. Lord, we ask that your presence will always be with us. Lord, that your grace will always abound in us and through us. And Lord, that the things that we do will come to represent you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Happy Sunday, everybody, and um, before I begin, I want to just make a, a funny um, note that they, um, they are coming against my president. I don't know what the Lord is doing, but they have evidence, they have witnesses, and still he's there. But we realize everything is for time. Give it 50 years from now, will he be there? No. So we, we just rest and assure that God is in control. No matter who is the ruling party or government or whoever tried to establish themselves as a God. Because he is king of kings and lord of lords. So as we get into the text today, let me give you a reminder of what we did last week. We were talking about the armor and the armor being fitted. And um, let me recap briefly for those who 
weren't here or who haven't listened, if you if if can catch up, you can go to our SoundCloud account, which is soundcloud.com slash church, And you can listen to all our other broadcasts or sermons. And uh, we were speaking from Galatians 6 and Ephesians 6. But I'm just going to read some recap to, to remind us where we were. Galatians 6, 7. Um, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he reap. And we realize that whoever sows in the flesh shall reap corruption. And whoever sows in the spirit shall reap the spirit spirit of life everlasting and we realize that we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood and it says again in um, verse 9 let us not be weary in well doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not and sometimes we, we miss out from the reaping because we stop at the appointed time and we realize in this life it is not easy to be a soldier in God's army takes a lot of discipline, a lot, a lot of overcoming, a lot of things that will cause us to change and to be transformed. Um, it is not as easy as some might let it to be. It is a very hard task because he tells us to count the cost, to count it all joy also when we fall in diverse times and testings as we have the opportunity let us do good unto all men especially those who are in the household of faith and then we, we went over to um, to Ephesians and we were talking about the, the armor that the, the the soldiers wear so I want to continue um, this is the part two and um, let me make sure to set the timer so we, we make sure we don't go over the time. And uh, we, we respect the time and we, we pray that everything that comes out will come out in a timely fashion. All right. So in Ephesians 6, we're talking about the armor. But um, before I actually go, go in depth in, in, um, in the presentation today, um, there are some questions that I kind of forgot to mention. And you know, sometimes when you're going over your notes and you say, oh man, I didn't say this, or I forgot to add that. So thus is the part two. And the question is, what is the purpose, and if anybody, know, you can answer if you have the answer, you know. Some of them are rhetorical. Some of them is something to just think and ponder on. What is the purpose of an army are a military force for our nation and country? That is the first question. What is the purpose of an army? Because you say we are, we are in a war and we are in the army, army of the Lord. What is the purpose of the army? Um, is it just to be relaxing and enjoying life, which comes at a time when there is peace, but they, when there is war, we have to be active. All right. The next question, what makes an army strong? 
What makes an army strong? What makes it strong? What makes one army strong? What makes one army weak? Um, and then the next one is, what makes a team, this is almost like a part B of the army, what makes a team, an organization, an, an establishment strong? Is it only based on one or two individuals? Or is it based on a collective group of people doing one thing, on having one mindset? And as we see in 2 Timothy 2, 3 says, Therefore endure hard hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So we realize for those who are not yet in the army of God, those who have not yet Confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. That is the first requisite in joining this military um, fight. Because we realize there are two entities at war. The spirit and the flesh. Darkness and light. There is no in-between. There is no in-between. The Lord said, either you are with me or you are against me. So he's saying that if we are with him, there are certain things that we are supposed to be doing. We are supposed to be representing him to the fullest. And it also mentioned that if somebody is even in a situation where it said if the thing is offending you, there was some part that said cut it off so that you, you'll go in and you don't miss out on your... Oh, you don't miss out on your on your um, the thing that the Lord has for you. So the purpose of an army it is to defend the property, the border, the entity of a country and establishment from outside forces that wants to come and do evil or to take advantage of. So we realize if we can if we see where when there's a war and the armies go together to fight that the, the country or nation that doesn't have any military force people will take advantage of them because they say hey they're just there they don't have anybody to protect them we can go and do what we want. And we realize that, that that's what happened in the war when the the losing team or the, the losing um, country lost, they become servants of the winning team and then they become slaves and they have to do what, they have to come under their government. So it is in, the, in this army, uh, in this spiritual battle, we have an enemy and sometimes we, I think sometimes we fear the enemy more than we acknowledge the goodness of God. Uh, let, me, uh, let me explain. Sometimes somebody, when somebody is praying and there is um, a thing or we, the, 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 the thing that I notice that is exalted more than anything else is the, the, the fear of the backlash. Thank you. And we realize that Yes, we understand that the enemy won't take it like that. 
But we should not fear the backlash. Example, somebody will pray and they will say, um, make sure you cover everybody. We don't want But it's not that they, what they're saying is how, how they say it in terms of the enemy will come in and destroy what God is setting up. And we realize that God is so powerful. He's so strong. And he has already given us weapons, weapons, sorry, weapons. He has already given us things to fight. He did not leave us as orphans or leave us without any power. He, he has not left us as weaklings. He, he, he made sure that everything was set right. When he went on the cross, that was the, the, the defeat that the enemy did not see coming. When Jesus went on the cross and then said, it is finished, and then he went to be at the right hand of the Father, we realized that we already won. But there's a time when the enemy has to try to you know, when you know, sometimes when you see a team losing on a, on a, on a football game, we, we see they try to damage the other players as best as they can. And any smart um, coach will take out their best players and put in the second round players to, you know, to continue the match. To fin because we realize they're just running the time out. So we know that the enemy time is near. So we already have the victory. So the armor in which the Lord has given us is to just make sure that we are standing in him. Because, you see, we don't want to, at the, the point, to lose hope and to give up. That is what the enemy wants to do. He wants us to, to lose hope and to give up when we don't see, see the promises or see the fullness of his purpose coming to pass at this time. So we realize that we have an enemy. And um, another question, do we need the armor? Do we need the armor at this time when we have the, the Holy Spirit and the church and everybody? Because sometimes some establishment, they are pretending as if the enemy is sleeping and that he's not doing anything and is, um, everything is nice. No, we have to be vigilant um, in, our, in our stand. It says to stand, not to be, not to be seated, but to stand. And um, as we, we notice in Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So we realize that in order for us to be strong, there are times that, that we might be weak. Or we might be being overwhelmed in our situation in, in, uh, because it is real. We, we have to realize that we are in a real world and um, we have thing, things coming against us want to cause us to be depressed. But it says to, to be strong in the Lord, not in our own self because we, it, we recognize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We have no power of our own. 
So when somebody can stand and they realize that if they're not standing in God, they already lost. And as we were talking about the sons of Sceva last week when they said, in, in the name of Paul, who preaches? <laughs> and they come out, you know, they, they're talking to spiritual forces and they, 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 were, they got an answer before they got the, the beating of their life. It says, Paul, I know. And Jesus, I know, but who are you? And um, we have some people who, who got saved yesterday and they, they just get up and, you know, and run up in the enemy and talk. All kind of, you know, no, 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 no. And um, there was even this, this issue with, um, if I could remember clearly, it's not in my notes, but I just remembered with, um, there was a fight over the body and if anybody can remind me. And they were casting all kind of accusations against the enemy. And then somebody said, no, no, no. It says, the Lord rebuke you. So the idea that we do not fight in our own strength. And verse 11 says, put on the whole armor. It did not say put on half of the armor. It says, put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil stand so we and we realize this says the, the devil is is like a roaring lion he's going around seeking whom he can devour verse 12 says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against spirit um, against principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places therefore then it says again so we, we realize there is a there is a lot of action being demonstrated first it said to be strong in the lord second it says to put on the whole armor so we can understand that the armor is there so just just imagine this if somebody presents you with something and you receive it and you put it down and then you forget about it. Normally the person say, what, you don't want it? It's there and no, the, this armor must be worn at all times. And we realize that the, the war is constant. So then the Lord is saying, that, well, guess what? You put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the the wilders of the enemy. And we realize that, as it says in verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Then verse 13 says, Wherefore, take unto you. So it, you put it on, and then you take on the whole armor unto yourself. Verse 13. The whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand so we've we seen that the, 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 the enemy is still coming. And this armor is, is there to withstand in the evil day. Then it says again, having all to stand. It's like there is an emphasis on the word standing. Um, you can't be seated in when you're being dressed or being fitted for the armor. And um, there's... Uh, I'm, there is a mention of some of somebody being fitted for their for their wedding dress 
and the occasion and um, the, the adjustments that has to be made. And some persons, they don't want any alterations to be done to the dress. So they will make sure they will um, exercise and they will eat the required calorie to, to, to make sure the dress fits properly. They don't care about the day after. It's for that special day, they will do everything to their power to make sure their body is, is fitting, fitted in the dress. Is that true, people? Yes, yes. We, so we realize, so it is the Lord who is going to tell us, so we are supposed to be fitted in this armor. We are supposed to, with, with due diligence, because Galatians says, in, we have to do this in due diligence. So we realize it's not like a, a, a one-time fitting. We, we, it's a continual fitting. Because you see, when you're wearing a belt, sometimes you, you might put on a little extra weight. You know, and you have to, and the belt don't fit, you have to loosen. <laughs> but the Lord is telling us that we need to remember to be fitted with this thing every day because the enemy is there watching and waiting for an opportune time it said that he even tried to to tempt our lord and lord and savior he even tried his best but it says with everything that he tried he went away to return at an opportune moment so it says, wherefore, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. So when it says evil day, I say, wow, there's a day that something might happen if we're not careful will cause us to fall because the, the, the enemy wants to attack. He knows that he might not get us in one one slow, he wants to find or penetrate an air of weakness. Um, so it is when I think about David and Goliath. When David threw the stone, led by the Holy Spirit and with power, it penetrated a very small part of the, the helmet that had a space and go right into his temple. If David threw that stone Without the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit, it would have bounced off and just fell into, the, into wherever, and then the story would have changed. Would have, would have a different story um, being re, uh, rewritten. But we, we realize that David walked in the boldness of, 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 of God wearing the armor that he was given. He could not fit Paul's armor, because guess what? Paul was a, Saul, sorry, Saul was a, um, a de dedicated fighter and everything, but, but his armor was for him. And he wanted David to wear his armor, and David refused because he realized that without practice wearing that armor, he could not be agile to move as how he could and, and, and it was big and it was heavy, but that armor was only fitted for Saul. 
until later on when David got his armor and then it was fitted. So, so we go now to verse 14. Therefore, and then guess what? Oh my God. Oh, if I should highlight how much time we see the word stand, I see stand coming up like five times already. For, verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girded with truth. The truth, the truth. So you see, the enemy wants to attack with not even a full lie. You know what they call something called a, a half truth, where there is a piece of truth in it, but it's still a lie. So we have to be careful and we have to make sure that we have the truth, which is the word of God, that will dispel, dispel all all lies and and we, we realize if we're in doubt we can go into the scripture and say lord show us your truth because it said my word is a light unto the path so the word will bring truth in our lives if we if we realize that hey i think there's something i'm missing in this area show me lord what is going on? And the, 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 we, we realize that the lines is, is the era of, of protection or the era where we can be most weak in, in terms of the dress, in terms of how they had to be, because we realize that they had to be wrapped up so they can move um, freely. And, and we realize it says, if you find the truth, it will set you free. So we realize that we have the freedom to walk in truth. And once we have the truth, it will set us free. And if somebody, and we, we mentioned that last week also, if the, if the workplace is, is asking us to tell a lie or tell a deception about an, a product or something that a customer called about, that we, we have to tell the truth. It is better to tell the truth in that situation and you realize, you know what, I did the right thing. I did the right thing by telling the truth. So we realize as we tell the truth now, we have to put on, it says, the breastplate of righteousness. Because we realize righteousness is just doing the thing right and doing what God says and God is always right and without any question because when you're in an army you can't really question the, the commanding officer whenever he gives an instruction you just have to be faithful to know that this commanding officer knows what he's talking about and we realize with David and his, his um, faithful fighting men they, will, they would have followed him anywhere and I think that's how they got the movie 300, where he, this king had, had um, 300 men that they, they fight unto the death because they trust that he will also be in the front line fighting with, with them. And then we, we, are, we, re, we realize the, the feet shouted, verse 15, and the feet shouted with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That we have to be ready 
to share the gospel at any time. There was a situation at work where somebody asked me a question because uh, I posted a picture on Facebook with um, Elijah praying and the fire from heaven coming down. And he, he was asking if it was, what does that mean? And I said, oh, Lord, thank you. I, 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 he kinda, when, he, when he mentioned that he saw the picture, he, he had a question because he, he didn't understand. This guy was praying and there was fire coming down. How, how did that happen? And I said, Lord, thank you. I got an opportunity to share, you know. So, um, so I said to him, do you believe in God? And he, he, he's from a different country, different culture. And um, he said he's from a culture that there are Muslims. And he said he despised their, their religion. So he chose not to partake of them, you know, and being here in the States. So, so I said to him, um, well, that's good that you, you made that choice. But being that you're, you are exposed and you understand what's going on, uh, my challenge to him is if you're seeking, I cannot force you to eat a meal. I cannot say to you, um, eat this jerk chicken if you have not tasted it. But what I can say, I said, I've tasted it and it is good. So what came to me was the, the taste and see that the Lord is good. I said, it is for you now to to experience God, but my prayer is that you will understand that God is a loving God. And God will, will take care of you. If you have not experienced that for yourself, then it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit tricky for me to explain this thing to you, this thing called salvation and the idea of, of serving a God that you cannot see and reading words that you, you don't understand I said, all of this is a mystery. But I can pray that the Lord will open up your eyes to see the truth. And he left saying, you know, so I realized there was some part that he knew a little bit of the Bible because he was asking if that was Abraham. And I said, no, it was um, Elijah. Elijah, when we are there was a battle. I was trying to explain to him there was a battle going on and we, the, the idea of the battle was to find out which God is God. Which God is the God that we're supposed to worship. And the, the challenge was whichever God answers by fire, he is God. And I said Elijah even made it look a little bit challenging by pouring water on the sacrifice on the whole thing digging it and making sure it's fully soaked so that fire that came down from heaven was a symbol of God answering to show them that I am God and at that moment the people realized that that God is God and that's the God we should serve so we realize the enemy wants to not allow us to be prepared or to be ready as, as we think about an army, you have to be prepared and ready because we don't know when the opportunity will come. And then we, we, verse 16 says, take on the shield of faith. 
And we know that faith worketh in love. But then it says, wherein it is supposed to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. So he's going to try to challenge our faith by bringing in fear or by bringing in mistrust or by bringing in situations that might cause us to doubt God's power because we realize that this is the same Elijah that went through with his wondrous victory, this awesome, powerful move of God. It's the same Elijah that ran away from Jezebel when she said, hey, I'm going to come and kill you. One person, and he was able to defeat all, all the, the false prophets. But one person came in, and it brought a doubt in his faith. And because he, that was so doubtful, then he went to, to that sense of depression, of not, not understanding. And, and God, want, God said, get up. What, what are you doing here? And he said, I am the only one left. And the Lord said, no. I have thousands of, of prophets that have not bowed their knee to Baal. So he, he felt like as if he was alone. So we see the enemy wants to attack. But the shield of faith is what's supposed to quench or burn out the dart. And he says that the darts are fiery, that it has fire in it, that it has a sting that wants to overcome us. And then when we realize the, the shield... In the picture of what the, the soldier had, the shield was so big that if they kneel, it will cover their own, the, the whole body, so that the arrows will pass through it. it those who hit the shield, it cannot penetrate. Then we realize that the guys have the helmet, the helmet of salvation. There are times on, in seasons where people doubt their salvation. Am I saved or what's going on? And... That's the, the, the idea of the enemy. And then you have to realize that we have the mind of Christ. We, and then we have the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And, and those six elements are six tools that we have. There is another tool that will always connect everything together. It says, verse 18... Praying always with all kind of prayers and supplication in the spirit. Watching therefore with all perseverance and all supplication to all the saints. And for me that the utterance may be given that I may open my mouth boldly. So we see the enemy wants to, to take away our boldness. And when we realize when we have um, fallen or when we have made a move it always something to to attack our boldness if he if the enemy can let us think that this these tools or this these armor doesn't work then he he, he has already won and paul want to say this when i open my mouth that i may speak boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel because this gospel is a mystery we, we can realize before we knew God, bef before we knew God, none of this had no meaning to us. Before we came into the saving grace of Jesus, we were outside looking in and we are, we're trying to understand what's going on, what God is doing. 
So we realize when that mystery is being revealed, then we can accept the salvation. When we, the things that we didn't know of, or the, the questions that we have or had, and we realize the Lord is not going to answer all our questions. Because once, when we are fully known by him, as it says in Corinthians, when we see him face to face, then we shall be fully known. And the questions that we have, we, we won't even question it anymore. The, the doubt, or why did that person went home so early? Why did that person die? Why did that person, sometimes we see you, the area of untimely death. And, the, and we say, Lord, but this person had so much potential. They, they didn't even tap into a mere percentage of their of their potential but yet we don't have an answer but what what the lord wants to tell us is that he is good and he's a good god verse 20 for which i am an ambassador in bonds that i may speak boldly as i ought to speak and who and we notice paul was a very bold person in his speaking but he's saying that he needs to be bold he needs to to understand that he's not, he's a man and that he has to rely on the, the Holy Spirit. That he has to rely on the Spirit of God to, to lead him, to direct him. And so, so us, Paul is not different from any of us. He has no um, super gift or anything. Anything that he has is what the Lord has given us and anything that we have also is what the Lord has given us. And sometimes we we look on others and we look with a wow that person is such a wonderful person, you know? And the Lord wants to tell us no, don't, we're not supposed to do that anymore. We're supposed to look and embrace what the Lord has given us. Because when we look on somebody, it's good to esteem somebody, because it says to esteem your or brothers and sisters. But when we look on somebody and we are longing for their gift, or we are looking and wishing that we had that gift, then the Lord said, no, we have to look on what the Lord has given us by faith to do what he's, we're supposed to do, to, to go and make disciples, to to live in peace with our neighbors, to, to, to walk in victory, to walk in grace, to know that when Monday morning comes, we can give up and say, we can give up and say, Lord, you are good. When we look, we can esteem and say, God, you have always been with us. Lord, you have never left me. You have never forsaken me. You're always there with me. When we can get up, as Sister Anne was saying, that we can give thanks for this day, the day that in which he has made, then what we're doing, we're, we're, we're actually sharpening the armor. When we can recite the word of God, it's almost like a file sharpening the edge of a sword. When, when somebody, there was a, a challenge um, one time where there are two farmers, they have to cut down a cane piece or some bushes and the two farmers were there, and there, there was a challenge who can do it quickly. So the, the first armor grabbed his sword or his machete, and he was cutting through, cutting through. And he got in the middle, and he stopped, and he was tired. And then the other farmer was there, was just filing away. 
filing away, taking his time, filing away. And people say, um, brother, you don't see the other guy um, gone half the way already. And I said, it's okay, let him go, let him go. And he was there filing away, filing away. One hour passed, filing away. Two hours passed. When the farmer said, it is time, he went in and chopped through the whole thing in less than two hours. Everybody was amazed because they said, this must be a, a wisdom or something that he knew about. He said, no. The principle that I knew is to make sure that my tool is well sharpened. So it is better for me to spend time to sharpen the tool so that it could be very effective in cutting through the bushes. And so we realized that that's the idea of spending time in the word. When we spend time in the word, we are sharpening the sword. We are sharpening our, our minds. We are sharpening the, 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 the breastplate. Because you see, the breastplate covers the, the heart. It covers the lungs. It covers our internal organs. And the word is sharpening our minds as we think about the, the salvation. So when, when, when an artist can get up and sing and you know, the artist get up and say he's going to do church. And one thing stood out to me. There was no word in that church or that gathering. If there's no word, what are they going by? What are they singing if they're not singing but the word of God? And we realize when we sing the songs, we're singing but the word back to God. So when an artist get, get together and he's going to this big famous church and everybody wants, you know, everybody, th oh, this artist is saved because he's singing songs. But if we look into it, who is he singing to? He said it's Jesus, but there was no word. There was no word. And we realize the word is the revelation of God. There is no light without the word. So if somebody can come, it's just a gathering. Because if there's no word being preached, as we said, how can one believe? It's because the word being preached by the minister, the word being declared. So somebody can get up and sing from morning till night, you know. And yes, there might be a little feeling. But without no word, there is no conviction. Because it says, the word is the spirit of truth. The word is double-edged. Double, it's a double-edged sword. It's the word of God. And we realize all of this ties together. But we need the word. Because as Sister Anne mentioned, when the enemy came to God, how did he answer? He said, it is written. He didn't sing any song. He said, it is written. He quoted the scripture because the enemy was quoting pieces of the scripture. Tell him to jump off and they will catch you because as Psalm says, it won't make your foot be cut against a rock. When he told him, all right, take up the bread and turn the stone into bread. You see, the, we have to realize that the word is what makes the armor effective. The word is what is going to cause this armor to fit. And funny, it didn't say armors. It says armor. So all of this 
is one armor. Everything from the, the feet being shattered, from the breastplate, from the shield of faith, from the helmet of salvation, from the sword of, of the spirit, everything is one armor. And then we have to realize that we have to stand in this armor to fight. And we realize that there's no back um, protection for the armor because as we realize we have to be standing with each other back to back to fight along together to make the army strong. And the question that we asked earlier, what makes the army strong, is unity and love. He says, how can they know us? Because of our love one for another. How can we know that these are disciples of God? Because it says, John 17, 7, Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. John 8, 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Psalm 15, 2 says, He that walketh upright, walketh in righteousness, and speaketh the truth in his heart. So we realize, for those who haven't yet come to that saving knowledge, our presentation of, of to beseech you that don't let the day pass that you do not come and bow your knee to this Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we can guarantee you that if you accept the Lord today the enemy won't be happy he will try to get you back because we realize two entities at, at, at stake here light and darkness and the enemy wants you to stay in darkness. He doesn't want you to accept the truth of saving knowledge, of knowing that God is good and God loves you. And when things happen that look so bad, God still loves you, that God didn't cause this to happen. And we know we haven't experienced what Job, had, Job experienced, but he said, yet they slay me. I will praise the Lord. He, he knew something that we didn't understand. In his weakness, in his moments, of losing everything he said I will praise the Lord I will worship the Lord I will give thanks unto the Lord because God is good and we realize that we have to represent him at this time to know what we believe to sharpen one another and it's so good to see the feet. You know, when you see a, a good friend you haven't seen in a while, it says that it's just a refreshing when we are refreshed by one another, when we are refreshed in each other's countenance, when we have represented him and seen the victory in which he has given us, when we have walked in the authority and grace, when this when in Matthew 8 9 when the centurion says for I am a man under authority I have soldiers under me I say to that man go and he goeth and to another come and he cometh and to my servant do this and he doeth so he's saying to Jesus don't bother come just speak the word and the servant shall be well and Jesus said wow 
it is recommend he, he, he was so highlighted that he said wow i've never seen so much faith in all of israel that he said speak the word and it is done you don't you don't even have to come to my to the dwelling place to speak the word and the, the scripture says at that very time that very moment the servant was healed so we're speaking the word to those out there who have listening ears and we're speaking healing into your bodies healing into your minds healing into your souls healing into your heart healing into the areas in which you alone know the struggles of your mind the, the thoughts the, the depression the depressing feelings we are speaking the word of God over you right now that the Lord will come and minister grace unto you he will come and minister healing he will come and minister his love in which you have given us we are just here as instrument to be used by him as we walk this walk as soldiers of the living, living God and for those who say yes I want to join that army. It is so simple that all you need to do is say, I am a sinner. Lord, please forgive me. I have sinned against you and sinned against heaven. Come into my heart and save me because I believe that you died for my sins and I confess you as Lord in my life. That, that is done and you are saved. And if you have accepted the Lord, we, we just want to um, help you and give you some information how to walk this walk. We want to be able to share with you the goodness because we, we know that we did not do this thing alone. We have others who are there to help us and to disciple us. Um, you can email us at newhorizonmin at gmail.com or you can call us at our telephone number 469-333-0397. And for those who are already in the army, we know that we have to be strong. We know that we have to continue to open and realize that we have opportunities out there. Because it says in Galatians 6, 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So the Lord, for those in the army already, we realize that we have things to do as long as we have life, we have breath, because God cannot be deceived. Whatever a man sow, that alone and that alone shall he reap. And may the love of God, the blessing of his Holy Spirit, will rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen and amen. Have a wonderful week.
you keep praying Things ain't changed for you in quite 